Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Before Game 1, Steph Curry was the odds-on favor to win MVP. But after Game 1, despite Jason Tatum having more assists than points, he's jumped into first place to be the favorite to win the finals MVP. Right now, Jason Tatum is plus 125 to win the MVP. Steph Curry's in second place at plus 165. And my pick, the luxury pick. Jalen Brown is plus 550 to win the MVP in third place. So I'm going to throw it to B-Flow, Brandon Flowers. Who do you ultimately believe wins the NBA Finals MVP? <laughs> so because I got the Golden State Warriors winning in seven, <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. Golden Celtics guys not going to win the MVP of Golden State winning, it, it's definitely going to go to Steph. You know, I, Steph is a hell of a player, right? Yeah. And you know he can get hot at any second. And he's he here. Go, he can go cold too now. He can go cold. <laughs> and he will go cold for a game or two. Yeah. But he is hearing everybody talk about how he disappeared in uh the second the second half of this game one. Yeah. And in the second quarter too. He didn't score at all. He's clearly the best player on this Golden State team. You know, Clay can get hot. He's streaky. He's a momentum changer because the Clay and Steph is on, then the Warriors seem unbeatable. But Steph is the face of this Golden State Warriors team. I mm-hmm. think he's going to make all the big shots uh, in the clutch later on in this series, and that's why he'll be the MVP. I'm throwing to you, Auntie Chantel. Who do you believe is the wins the finals MVP? Steph. I you mean, Steph too? I, everything I, that, that nephew just <laughs> said, everything he just said is is – I don't need to say anything like mm. it is what it is. And the, and the great players step up. He knows he's never won the, the finals MVP. That's um, the thing that seems to be holding him back. For, yeah. And I think that that an air of top NBA players, in NBA history. But I, but I think that might have caused the coldness in the first game. The fact he's not, he hadn't heard this before. And, oh, this could be the first time everybody's saying I can be. And, but I think he, he just settles down in game two and, and uh, he shows us the stuff that he is. Let me ask you this, Auntie. How dare, how dare I question Steve Kerr, right? Right, his, right. <laughs> with his decision making on his rotation. With Steph being so hot after the first quarter, you as a player, do you want to start the second quarter on the bench or do you feel like I got the hot hand? I can rest later on in the game. Like, let me keep going. How would you want to play that out if you were Steph uh, cooking the way he was in the first uh, quarter? Well, you know, as a player, you always want to you always want to stay in the game anyways when you're hot, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, they've gone this far, what? 75 games or whatever or, or 80 82 plus now the, the playoffs and and you know they have their rotations and and how long has has Steph come in been hot sat came back in still been hot and you know he was yeah. playing at home so you know I think it might be a little different on the road but you expect your star player to to shoot and not disappear um in the second quarter in the fourth quarter but like i said he, he's so good of a player and, and you're right i wouldn't question steve kerr either because he got three rings and i don't yeah. have any i mean i mean the crazy thing is even though he kind of disappeared in this way well, he did disappear in the second quarter he didn't score at all and then the fourth quarter i think he, he still dropped 35 like, i think people are tending to forget that because he dropped 21 in the uh first quarter like he still dropped what 13 more points for the <laughs> right. rest of the game or 14 more points in the rest of the game. So, I mean, he, he still balled out. It was other people on the team that needed to step up and didn't, but we'll go into that in a second, but my pick, you know, I'm sticking with it. Jalen Brown. I just think 
Tatum, uh, you know, the Celtics, I mean, the Warriors did a really good job of forcing him to be a facilitator. So he wasn't able to score as many points. But Mr. Fourth Quarter is what I'm calling him. Jalen Brown, he's been consistent in the fourth quarter down the stretch in these playoffs for the Boston Celtics. I think his mid-range game is on point and he can get hot from the three-point range and the athletic ability to put the ball on the deck and get to the, the hole anytime he really wants to. Now, he's not the best dribbler. Too many turnovers for me every once in, in a while, but I think he has been the most consistent. Like, I, I love Jason Tatum, uh, but we've talked about this before. He'll disappear from one or two games and go for 10 points. You know, Jalen Brown is going to be consistent. Like, I, I think he's going to put up 20 no matter what. And I honestly think he's going to win the MVP. Uh, and I think Boston will win in seven. But um, I got a question for Auntie. Uh, if the Boston Celtics shoot close to what they did in game one, now I'm not going to say they're going to shoot like that again because they shot damn near 52% from <laughs> three-point range. But if right. they shoot close to that, say 47% from three-point range, are they unbeatable? It, but if you shoot 40% under that, uh, even if you shoot 47%, that means, that means you missed five more free throws. I mean, five more three-pointers. Yeah. If you miss five more three-pointers in that game, y'all lose that game by three. I got so, you. you know, that that five percentage point could be big. I don't, I promise you this, uh, Al Horford is not going to shoot 75% from three <laughs> for the rest if of the he, season. What if he's like, wide open every time again? Nah, he ain't going to date. Looney, Looney, look, you didn't play some defense. Period. Like somebody got to play some defense. And, and <laughs> luckily, you know, that's something you can change. And what we do sleep on is the Warriors have a great defense. It's not like they're not a defense. Right. defense it didn't look like it in the fourth quarter. And, and like, but like, did you see Steph Curry when he looked at Looney? When he went, when on that one play, like Steph looked at him like, bruh, play yeah, some defense, that. right? Yeah. 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 There on that. But that, mm-hmm. that's the issue. And I'm going to let you they go. They're going to get in his ass. But that was the issue with, with Dallas, right? They didn't really have no shooters. Like Powell was out there, right? He's not a three-point shooter. So Looney didn't have to really go out to the three-point line with the stretch four slash five that Al Hofford is. You got to respect him shooting that three. And Grant Williams, you got to respect them shooting that three. So just like, you know, the Warriors stretch everybody out because they have shooters on the floor. Literally all five guys, except for when Robert Williams is on the floor, and that when they sub him out and bring in, uh, you know, Grant Williams, all five guys can shoot from Boston. So the big man on the other team, they have to respect that each and every time or they're going to be in trouble like they were in game one. But like we said, they were uncontested, right? Yeah. They're they going to have a head in these guys' face. They're going to have to make some tough shots. So that percentage is going to go down to, what, 36, 37. So right. I, I but definitely... points are going to go way up too, though. Are they? Are they? Oh, because it wasn't oh, like he didn't, no, it, I was say that. So oh, like didn't shoot. We've seen the history of this. Every time he shot this man 17 has a times. Every time he has a pedestrian shooting game, what he does the next game. He didn't have pedestrian. Oh, no. He had a, he had a, I don't know, a, a pedestrian. Remember, Miami dropped, what, 10 that one game? And then when he came back with a 38-piece? like. But what if Golden State like what they seen and said, we're going to make sure he don't beat us. We're going to send two guys at him. We're going to make sure. we're going to leave the somebody. shooters open? You're not going to leave them open because <laughs> that was actually blowing defenses. I mean, you'll see two yeah. defenders looking right. at each other like, yeah. who's going to cover that? When, they, when you can just get the ball out of his hands, that's a totally right. different defensive scheme. You know what I would do? I, I would... I wouldn't throw to it, Tatum. I would let him get his, and because he can facilitate. Yeah, Jalen Brown's not going to give you his ball handling. His ball security isn't great enough where he's going to give you thirteen assists. So you go at him and you keep him from scoring. And I think I think that's a different ball game. Let Tatum go get his. Um, he gonna shoot anyways. Yeah, but but don't let him. You know, that's thirteen. That's thirteen assists. You know, that's at least twenty six points that he was a part of. 
let let Jalen be the one to do that because he's gonna give you about five six turnovers. And that's a good point, honestly, because it kind of seemed like Boston in the first half was kind of letting Steph do that, right? Yeah. Like we're gonna let Steph get his, but we're gonna stop everybody else. Like right. You know, Clay Thompson, you're not going to go off. Draymond, Looney, y'all not going to go off like y'all did versus Dallas Mavericks. We're going to stop everybody else and we're going to let you get get yours. So it'll be interesting to see if, if you know, you know, Steve Kerr comes out with that type of game plan, shutting down Jalen Brown and letting Jason Tatum get his. Also, we want to shout out the Celtics radio on Sirius XM for that end of game clip that they gave us. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my two teammates, Auntie Chantel and Brandon Flowers. And we're discussing who would be the favorite to win the finals MVP? And I want to throw another question to Auntie Chantel. How much blame should Draymond Green get for, you know, his game one performance and the loss versus the Boston Celtics? Uh, a lot. You're an all-star. <laughs> and and you have four points. Like, you got to do better. Yeah, he did what he does. He, he had 13 rebounds, but you didn't shoot the ball better. I mean, you didn't shoot the ball very well. He and don't shoot well, though. And apparently you didn't play very good defense. But the thing about Draymond, and if you think about it, like Draymond doesn't have like two, three bad games. Like mm-hmm. Draymond is that guy that, that he'll turn it on. He understands if he has a bad game. And I think, like I said, when we said at the top of the show, like I don't think he's worried. Yeah. I don't think he's worried. I think he's going to come out and he's going to come out. He's like the Marcus Smart of, of, of the Warriors. Like yeah. how Draymond goes, you know, emotionally. That's how the team gonna go, and and I think he understands that. Like I said, he's been here before, so we gonna see. We can we don't keep talking about this, but you know, Warriors in six. <laughs> <laughs> She's sticking to it. So so for me, on a scale of one to ten, I'm only giving Draymond Draymond a three because mm-hmm. I, know, I know you said he doesn't score like that, Auntie, but I'm not expecting him to give me fifteen. That's a what game. I'm saying. If he gives he it give to me, if he gives anyway. it to me, I love it. I expect Draymond right. to set picks, assist the ball, get boards, close get... to a, a low triple double. Yeah, like 10, right. 10 and seven, something like that. Going to pick and roll with pool and just get everybody open. Like yeah. you're the role player that gets everybody going. So if you hit two or three tray balls out there, oh, I'm loving it. I feel like we not go take an L this game. But for me, just looking for him to even score more than four points. Like if I need Draymond. Draymond to score 12 to 15, I'm You're not that confident as, uh, as a Warriors <laughs> right. uh, fan. You're in trouble. And this is my thing, right? You gave him a three. I gave him at least a six or seven because what does Draymond do, right? He's the defensive mastermind uh-huh. of the team. So in the fourth quarter, those defensive lapses, I put that solely on him because he's the one guy out there and Clay before the injury, right? But he's uh-huh. been injured. He's the one guy out there that you know on defense, on the defensive side of the ball, he going to lock in. But it just seemed like the Warriors weren't locked in in the fourth quarter, and they allowed Boston to go on that run with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter where everybody was just wide open for three. It looked like we were playing. You know the game, Auntie, 100? You know you're playing basketball, the game 100? That's what it looked like the Boston Celtics were playing. It was wide open right. in the three-point line, just setting up, teeing up shots. So how can you put that on Draymond when everybody was wide but, but open? Because he usually is the communicator out there, right, Auntie? So he communicates. Mm-hmm. He knows the defensive sets. He usually gets everybody in the right places. Um, but it just seemed like everybody, even him, he seemed like he was, right. you know, discombobulated out there. And, you know, he's your defensive minded guy or captain. Like he can't be, you know, discombobulated because how right. else is anybody else going to defend if your best defensive player is discombobulated? He he, that Marcus Smart, I'm telling you, like Draymond averages like eight point seven points a game or whatever. Yeah. And, and Marcus Smart averages 
a little over 10 points a game. So mm-hmm. neither I'm going to give you 20 a game, but yeah. it's what they do. It's, it's, it's what they do emotionally for their teammates, exactly. whether it's hyping them up or jumping in their ass, like they going to do that. I didn't see that from Draymond. And, and the, but the good thing about that is that's something he has control over. Like he can change. And, and I think he's not going to let, he's not going to let the golden state warriors <laughs> lose two games in a row at home. Like I agree. he's just not. And, and he's the player that can jump down Steph's ass. He can jump down Draymond. I mean, uh, he can jump right. down clays yeah. like, and, and uh, hopefully last night or today over dinner, he getting in Jordan Poole's ass. Cause, cause yeah, he, he ain't show up, bro. He needs to show the hell up. <laughs> Well, that's a perfect segue, Auntie. I'm going to let you go first. Who wins game two and why? And it sounds like you're already picking the Warriors, but why do you think they win game two? Exactly what I just said. I, just, I don't think that they play that bad. I don't think Steve Kerr lets them play that bad defensively for another game at home. And he understands we can't go down two games and lose two on our home court and have to win, you know, three in Boston. Like, yeah, I don't I, I think they win. I think they win big. I think what you win. think, Brandon? Yeah, I think they win big. Also, I'm right yeah. with you, Auntie. I think they win big. I mean, I think Clay just gonna have one of the monster 30 point games. I think Steph gonna have somewhere around 27, 28. He's just gonna be solid. And I think Poole is gonna step up. Like Draymond is known for getting in guys' ass, right? He go talk to him in the locker room, like, yo, you need to step up. If you wanna be a finals, like if you wanna win your ring, we need you to step up. So I think go to, they play so well at home. Like, don't let that last game fool you. They were just up, they were just up 15 going into the fourth. Like, don't yeah. let it fool you. Like, they're gonna come out, they're gonna be ready to play. They're not gonna blow all these defensive assignments. If they didn't, if they had a rookie head coach that didn't really know what he was doing, yeah, I might give a little edge to Boston, but Curry's gonna make sure that he has his team ready to play. So I'm definitely going with Golden State big. Yeah, they were up 15 in the second quarter, but in the words of Kanye, and it all falls down. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to take Golden State, right, for everything that you guys said. All that right? you just said. <laughs> all, that ta- all that shit talking, and then you pick well, it. Honestly, honestly, I picked Boston to win game two, so because they won game one, I'm going to pick them to lose. Right, right. <laughs> I think Tatum's going to have... <laughs> uh, I think Jason Tatum's going to have a remarkable game, right? I, I like him to score 30-plus this game. Mm. Uh, I just think that Clay to Bifo's point, like, Every series the Golden State Warriors have had during this playoff run, there's been one or two games where Clay was like, all right, he reminds you of old Clay. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's due in game two now. It might be game four or five, but I feel I feel like you. I think it'll be game two because uh, Clay holds himself to a high standard. He didn't play as well as far as shooting mm-hmm. the ball. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is going to give you 17 to 20 every night, and he's going to shoot at a – high percentage because that's what he does. He's a mid-range guy. We'll hit you a few threes. He's going to lock up defensively. Uh, but it's going to come down to Jordan Poole, right? I think he bounces back. Now, does he score 20 or 30 like he did earlier in the playoffs Just series? 17, no. 20. Mm-hmm. He's going to be yeah. around like He's going to be 17. He's going to be around Steph's 17. going to have 40. And, and to Auntie's point, Al Hofford would not knock down six threes again. Like, that's, no. that's most likely not going to happen. No. I think he'll be efficient. Auntie, you say he's going to score four points. I'm going to give you at least eight. I think Al Hofford scores eight to ten. So let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this, dudes. You had the Celtics winning this, right? I do in seven. If man. the Warriors win by 15-20, do you feel as confident in Boston going forward in this series? Being that they was down 15 in the third, and then now they got blowed out again. Do you feel as confident? I do because uh, they're resilient. Like you heard their coach, uh Udoko Udoka talk about it, right? They've been down before, they've been able to claw back. Um, there was times in that game in game seven where we thought Miami was gonna take away and end the game, but 
Boston is just resilient. They keep fighting. They they take every punch. They were up, what, 10 or 12 points, and they let that Miami go on an 11-0 run, but they still found a way to get points at the end and close out the game. I just think they've been more battle-tested this year. Now, obviously, the Warriors have been there multiple times in the finals, but you know how it is. It's all about you know, what team gets hot, you know, in, in the NFL, we talk about that all the time. Like momentum is a real thing. And I think the Boston Celtics have been riding this momentum. They've, they've been up, they've been down, they've let teams come back and they still find a way to win. And they're no pun intended. They're the road warriors, like eight and two on the road in the playoffs. But that's the thing. They're resilient on the road when they get home right. and Golden State can steal two there. Like you think they're going to win two. Yeah, it's possible. I don't think, I don't Boston, think Boston don't play lose, well at home. But I don't think they lose two in a row at home. Uh. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Bisson. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Bisson. My hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. And the I Am Athlete Miami group, our teammates, sat down with one of the fastest receivers in NFL history, one of the best deep threat receivers in NFL history, Deshaun Jackson. Be sure to catch that episode on Monday, 12 Eastern on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And he has some choice words about his former quarterback, Donovan McNabb. We're going to play you a, a, a little bit of that interview, and he got kind of spicy in this interview. I got a special story. Like, Donovan, we, he, we cool, no beef, none of that. I'm not trying to clickbait on, on, on the shit him and T.O. got, but yeah, I remember. Hey, but can you relate to T.O.? Yeah, he can. I don't like, want to talk about story. that. I'm telling oh, okay. about a situation that I got. Yeah, I don't yeah. speak for no other man with another man's situation. They Whatever they issues is, they issues. My, my problem was so Michael Vick was there. This the year when Michael yep. Vick came yep. in yep. and he was about to replace like, him. Doing he, wildcat stuff. He's only doing wildcat stuff. But the first. year after that is when they shipped, yeah, they, yeah. they trade him to Washington. Yep. So that year, I that's when I made it for Pro Bowl, the first player in NFL history to make Pro Bowl. Watch for this two story. Positions. Watch this. Two positions. First player in NFL history to make Pro Bowl. Okay, for two okay, Jack. You get what I'm saying? So when the <laughs> ballots came out. He just threw and threw that in there. And when teammates, the, listen to this story when, though. When the, when the ballots came out and they found out that I was I was I was the first player in NFL history to get elected to start in a Pro Bowl for two positions, my starting quarterback tells um, Michael Vick, yep. like like damn, I I don't think he should have I don't, I don't think he should have got that. He shouldn't have deserved that. Like you telling another quarterback that your receiver as a receiver you, as that a receiver. you throw to your receiver that Man. you throw to that he didn't crazy. deserve that yeah right yeah that was crazy bro you ever you did you ever i ain't uh, never said nothing to him about it and he made you buy the tickets for the party what? <laughs> huh he made you buy the tickets for his party <laughs> yeah you, feel you need me? two you yeah that, that's gonna cost you 25 dollars <laughs> 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 white party who had an all-white party like that See, he was one of the most cheapest, richest motherfuckers you could know. Well, he you make mean? you pay for everything. Yeah. I remember uh, Hank Bass, another little story. Hank Basket, uh, we had the all white party. You remember Hank Bass? We had the all white party. Hank I'm a rookie. Basket. You know how you got the little haze? He's like, yeah, we at the party. We about to get, we about to go. You about to buy some bottles. I looked at him and said, I'm not buying no bottles for you. I know I'm a young street yeah. in LA. <laughs> it's buying a, well, I'm not buying shit. <laughs> <laughs> I talk bad to him, D-Jack. But man, that's crazy, right? You're you're a receiver, the number one receiver on your team. And the quarterback talking crazy about you behind your back, talking about you didn't deserve 
to be a pro bowler and start at two different positions where when you think you got a good relationship with your quarterback, because obviously y'all, you know, connecting on the field because you you were voted into the pro bowl at two positions. So B flow, uh, Brandon flowers. I want to throw this to you. Like, like what would be your thought process if you heard one of your teammates, you know, talking behind your back in that manner. And then how would it be going forward being in the locker room with him? Man, first off, that's even crazy to hear because D Jack name spoke for itself since his rookie year in the 100%. league. Like he's been explosive. So every every accolade he got, he earned. You know, he was one of the most explosive receivers from the time he stepped in into the time he exited out. Thanks. But as D Jack, knowing that, yo, if I'm going to the Pro Bowl, I'm making you look good too, because you're throwing me the ball. 100%. I'm your number one target. <laughs> and you go come at me like that. I mean, for me, like the trust goes out the window. Yeah. I can't trust you. And bro, it hurt. Like, you know what I'm saying? It hurt. Like, I thought we were supposed to have a bond. I supposed to, I do anything for you out here. Like, we had this connection. So as a player, I'm not saying for myself, but for some players, it can be like, hey, a receiver saying, I ain't running across the middle. I ain't getting hit for you, bro. Like, mm. if you want me to run across the middle, I ain't doing that for you. Or it's a decoy route where you need me to clear something out for another receiver yeah. so you can get yours. Like, I'm not running hard that. until I'm getting the ball. So just those negative comments like that can start drama in a locker room. They can become a cancer, you know, because if somebody else like Shady hear that in a locker room, they they both go start looking at looking me at now. Like, it, yeah, like it's yeah. crazy. So it can definitely cause division. And I can't believe a quarterback said that because, you know, they're the ones that really watch what they say. They usually the most mature you ones on the team and they always going to say the right thing. Yeah. So for a quarterback to say that, man. Yeah, that can definitely start some friction in the locker room. Yeah, B flow to me, it's it's a unique situation because you know this, like the, the locker room is probably the most diverse uh work setting uh compared to any other work For setting sure. in, in all of the world, right? Yeah. Because you got people from different economic backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, they grew up in different parts of the country, and not everybody believes you know the same thing, right? Now everybody has faith in the same thing, mm -hmm. but it's a unique place because everybody comes together with one common goal. Right. So like there was, there's T I, I mean, I never really had any enemies on any team. I never really didn't get along with anybody. Um, there's some people that I wasn't cool, cool with, you yeah. know, but I, I was, you know, I never had no issues with them. So I couldn't imagine being Deshaun Jackson, Jackson and hearing somebody talking crazy about you, especially somebody that directly affects my money. Right. Yeah. Because he's throwing me the football. Um, but obviously, you know, you know, they ended up shipping Donovan McNabb, I think, to Washington either a year later or two years later. So this guy still had to play with him. So I think it it comes to a point when you're in a football locker room because it's so diverse and different. Like a lot of times you're not going to get along with everybody, but as long as everybody can be respectful, you know, and go out there knowing that we got one job in mind and that's to win a game. I think even though you might not look at that guy the same, you're like, well, they, you know, this is this is my teammate. This is awful work. Like, this is what it is. We ain't got the kumbaya, none of that. Let's just go out here and ball. Then we'll go our separate ways. And I want to bring in our teammate, Auntie Chantel. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Maybe, you know, while you were playing the WNBA when a teammate was talking, you know, crazy about another teammate behind their back and then still had to work with that teammate? Right. I, I do. But but I'm going to let I'm going to let one of your producers, Anthony, come in because he, he's He's telling us he want to say something really, really important. <laughs> come so, on, Anthony, come in. Hey, quick question. So I'm going to ask it both to you, Brandon, and to Auntie. Brandon, can an NFL team be successful if the quarterback and the number one receiver don't converse off the field? And to Auntie, same thing in the WNBA. Can a team be successful, win a championship, if the two-star players don't converse? 
I, I think they can be successful because at the end of the day, it's a business. Like, you yep. can absolutely hate your quarterback. You can hate your receiver. But when you get on the field, it's like, hey, let's go. We got to get this money. We got to make this work. We got to get this ring. So you can definitely not like somebody personally or in the locker room or beef with them. But when you get on the field, you know it's because it's bigger than you. At the end of the day, you go have 20 other boys in the locker room that you chill with, yep. talk with, get in the sauna with that. You ain't going to let your little personal beef that you have with someone bring the whole team down, you know? So I definitely feel like you can definitely beef with somebody and still make it work on the field. And I look, y'all got 53, 53 guys. That's a lot of testosterone in the locker yeah, room. You're not gonna get along and there's no way yeah. all 53 are going to get along. There's no way on any of the, even the great uh, Patriots team. I, I bet you Tom Brady didn't get along with everybody, period. Oh, and, and, but with me, like, you know, I was a point guard. And if, if, if I would have said something about my center, you know, I mean, she was making me money. You know, I was making her money. To, there's just some things you don't say. Um, and there, there's there's some things that you also handle inside the locker room. Right. If I was Deshaun, I would have went right to Donovan and be like, yo, what's up, bro? Like, you know, is this really how you feel? And 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 get a squash and then and then roll from there. A lot of times these these guys come on social media and and they and they try <laughs> to nowadays. you know, yeah. right, right. It's beef um nowadays and and things like that. But you know, championship teams, that part of what makes them championship teams is no matter what's going on off the court or off the field, uh, they're going to handle their business on the on the field or on the court. Yeah, 100 percent, Auntie. Again, and to, to what me and B Flo said earlier, like it's it's a business at the end of the day. Like you go, you know, ask that man, hey, what's what's good? Like I heard you, you know, some things about you. And again, you don't want like high school gossip. But, you know, if you have an issue with me, you know, let me know now so I can see where we're at. But let's move forward amicably. We got a job to do at the end of the day. Right. Um, I benefit you. You benefit me. Neither one of us are going to get paid unless we're both balling. So, yeah, we ain't got to be best friends, but I got a job to do. You got a job to do. Let's go out here and do it. Yeah, because <laughs> let's not be crazy. It do be plenty of fights behind oh, those doors, 100%. but it just stay there. So it'd be plenty of disagreements. And yeah. I'm talking to the financial producers right now. It'd be a lot of stuff going on behind doors. But like, as you said, the great teams, they know how to put that behind them. Like, hey, y'all both got that off your chest. Now let's go out here and play ball. So you can definitely, definitely be for somebody and not get along with somebody, but definitely go win games. Yeah, this is I Am Athlete tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my teammates, Auntie Chantel and Brandon Flowers. And we were talking about Deshaun Jackson, who our teammates on I Am Athlete Miami had the privilege to sit down with and talk to. He had some choice words for Donovan McNabb because he heard he was talking about him behind his back when he was the first player in NFL history to be voted in as a pro bowler at two positions, returner and receiver. So we shift from Deshaun Jackson to another football story, Deuce Daly, who is now the running backs coach for the the Detroit Lions. He used to be a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Damn he Eagles. tells DeAndre Swift, who is the running back they took in the second round from Georgia a few years ago, that he needs to play through injuries. Now, this is a message that Deuce Daly had to DeAndre Swift, you know, a few weeks ago. He said that, you know, he's got to be a little bit tougher and he's got to be able to play through some injuries. Now, I don't know if he misconstrued his words, uh, Brandon Flowers, because we know there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. Like you can play mm-hmm. through being hurt and you can play through be, uh, being injured, but you shouldn't play through being injured because if you're injured and you continue to go out there and play, there's a chance that you can get more injured. Right. But if you're hurt, you can fight through some of that. But this is exactly what uh, do say uh, Staley said on the uh about uh, DeAndre Swift. Staying healthy would definitely be the challenge. Um, and, you know, injuries happen. 
injuries happen. And one of the things that Swift and I had a conversation about is you got to be able to play through some of these as a running back. You know, we all know there's a difference in being injured and hurt. Um, as soon as you step in this building as a running back, day one of training camp, you're not going to feel the same. So there are going to be some things he's going to have to fight through. Um, and he's going to have to work through that. So we had those conversations. Yeah, and again, I, like, I, those were choice words. I'm not sure if you meant like play, playing through being hurt or injured because there was times, you know, in my career where I did play when I was actually injured or I definitely played through everything when I was hurt because I knew, you know, my teammates were dependent on me. And also, like, I wanted to go out there and play because, I, you know, I put in all that work during the week, during the offseason to be able to play this game at a high level. So if I'm, you know, banged up a little bit, I'm, that's not going to stop me from getting out there and playing the game I love and going out there and competing. But I think that is the issue with, uh, you know, the NFL and what's been an issue for a long time because players have been playing through injuries and not just being hurt. And later on, they have, you know, cognitive issues down the road. And, you know, you want to be able to, and we talked about this before, B-Flow, be able to play with your kids when you get older, right? Be able to have all your functioning limbs when you walk away from the game. You don't want to be able to, you don't want to leave the game and be in a wheelchair at 45, 50 years old. And we've seen so many guys be affected because of the game of football. So again, I don't know if Deuce Staley meant play exactly through injuries. That's the word he used. He could have been, he could have meant hurt. I hope he meant hurt. I hope so too. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm a short, I'm a short term that for you. We want to play through our contract. Exactly. Because if you right. get out there and you playing hurt and you're a running back and you don't look explosive and you oh. looking like the fans don't never know we're hurt. Right. Exactly. So they just go see you out there with no production. The fans go be on your head. The coaches go have amnesia and forget, yeah, forget that you're hurt. It's right. funny how that works, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. right? General manager will come to you. Hey, Swift dog, I don't know you. Right. You're not looking, looking you're not too swift yeah. out there right now. Right. So we're going to replace you. We're going to bring in a young guy. You're like, bro, you know I'm playing on one leg out yeah. here. Right. So you can play, you can play on a sprained ankle. You can't play on a fractured ankle. Exactly. You, know, I, you know, I wonder if it was a sprained ankle or a fractured ankle that caused, you know, Brandon to run that slow ass four, five, five, forty. Yeah. When he got into the league, but no, I'm no, I'm just I'm just messing with you, nephew. But uh, no, I just you know, there have been times that I've played hurt, and and there's you know there's been times where I was injured, and and you know I again you know you taking this to the public again, like dudes talk to him and and you know get things taken taken care of because then you have that whole Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown, you know, am I hurt and then walking off the field and things like that, so. There's a lot of things y'all y'all football players be some babies sometimes. I promise you, <laughs> and then just be coming out and talking yeah, all on, a lot on of guys play when they interview. actually injured too. Though. Right, right. You right, you right. Yeah. Y'all some tough ones, but but there's some of them out there that can be some babies. I Two, three like out of that fifty five. If you're not gonna hurt the team, if you can tough it out and you ain't gonna go hurt the team and My yourself plan. worse, yeah. like like you said, you're not gonna fracture your whole knee because you're going out, go ahead and play. Yeah. Like right. something that you can get through, get through it. But if you feel like, yo, I'm gonna hurt the team, I can't even move out exactly. here. Exactly. Then you Shut gotta say, coach, chill. Yeah. Like that's why we have backups. And then the perfect example, we talked about this off camera, uh, B flow is Baker Mayfield. Like they exactly. everybody knew he had a messed up, a, a really messed up shoulder, had to get surgery before the season even ended. And he went out there and, and tried to play on it to tough it out for the team, right? And look what happened, right? Yeah, we're, we're everybody some, forgot about him. We're going to bring somebody in that we think is better than you, knowing that the year before this man took this team to the playoff and in the second round of the playoffs, right, was very efficient during that playoff uh, 
you know, on their way through the playoffs than when they got into the playoffs. So it's like, like you said, uh, Brandon Flowers, like it seems like people upstairs, the GMs and everybody, they have short-term memory when you go out there and play hurt. So that's why I try to tell people all the time, if you're truly injured, do not go out there because all they're going to do is, is like my man Bifo said, uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Swift, you don't seem as swift as you used to be. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and you know, go ahead and release you. Or matter of fact, we, we need some of that money back that we gave exactly. you. So like, right. nah, this this is a business at the end of the day. Do Staley, you played it. So again, I hope you meant hurt and not injured because if a player is truly hurt and, and to be flow's point he's gonna hurt himself by going out there or hurt the team by going out there he shouldn't try to tough through that and play it all i am athlete tonight is part of the serious xm sports podcast network support i am athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review that's a big deal guys Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Serious XM Podcasts.